What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Another thrilling Thursday night game. Got to admit, Fox uh, is getting the bang for the buck on these games because, man, they got some action on Thursday nights. I am Will Brinson. I am the host of the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. Shortly, we are going to talk to R.J. White and Pete Prisco to go through all of our picks for the week against the spread. Uh, good news for me, I had the Seahawks in the Super Contest. Sorry I couldn't tell you sooner, but if you watch CBS Sports HQ and Sportsline in particular from 6 to 7 p.m., we go break down the gate. We break, I had uh, Russell Wilson would not throw an interception. I believe that that hit. Uh, it, it also hit on the Seahawks minus two and a half and the over hit. All those bets could have been yours. Free money to be had. Um, if you'd watch CBS Sports HQ Sportsline, go to cbssports.com slash live to watch that 24-7. Real sports news for real sports fans. And now we're going to welcome on one of the stars of CBS Sports HQ, the one, the only, Bryant McFadden. What's up, BMAC? What's up, Will? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, what, uh, what was, your, okay, what is your first thought coming out of that Seahawks Packers game? My first thought would be, hmm, the Seahawks are kind of interesting in the NFC, but yours could, could easily be, ooh, the Packers are not interesting. Or it could be something totally different. I have no idea. I think my takeaway from that ball game was that I was really impressed with Seattle. I was really impressed with the Seattle, especially with the fast start uh, from the Green Bay Packers. Remember the first quarter, Green Bay, they were up 14-3, and they had all the momentum uh, going in their direction. And then eventually Russell Wilson woke up because Russell was a bit off in the early part of that ball game, especially the first half. But what they did was they relied on a running game in the second quarter. And if you if you haven't really been caught up to speed about what's going on throughout the NFL when it comes to statistics and things of that nature, the Seattle Seahawks, they're number one mm. in rushing, rushing total. And that has been extremely surprising for me, Will, because the last two, three, four plus years, they have had issues running the football. The last time we remember Seattle being extremely elite or relevant running the football was when they had Marshawn Lynch. Yep. And uh, now they have been able to do so, and I think that played a big part in the Seahawks as far as being able to claw back in to reach of making this game competitive and ultimately winning a ball game. I gotta so like so whenever I'm talking to you or or, or, or Brady Quinn, I mean like I've always I try to be cognizant. I'm like I don't want to bash a, like a coach and have you be like you know he was my uh, he was my he was like he, my, he was my DBs coach back in the day. He and I are like best friends. Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean like I don't think this is the case. Brian Schottenheimer, I don't yeah, like. But I was just I was like, could B Mac have ever been with Brian Schottenheimer? And I don't believe so. Uh, but Brian Schottenheimer, I gotta admit when the, when the when the Seahawks hired uh, Brian Schottenheimer, my first response was to roll my eyes as far back into my head as humanly possible to the point that it hurt my brain and I was mad because I wanted to like the Seahawks I, you know I love Russell as, as a player um, I thought that the Seahawks could be creative and go up tempo and no huddle with Russell and let him sling it all around to Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett and um, whoever else maybe they brought in uh, as it turns out getting rid of Tom Cable and bringing in Brian Schottenheimer and developing an offensive line and letting Russell Wilson be efficient behind a dominant run def- offense is exactly the formula that Pete Carroll always wanted, and it's really working. You're right; they lead the they lead the NFL in rushing yards per game. Um, the defense is sort of starting to come together with a bunch of guys you didn't know. And, and honestly, BMAC, it's sort of the same formula they had when they made a Super Bowl run before, right? Exactly, exactly. That that's what we're seeing now, and I think right now because of their 
because of the ability to run the football, we're starting to see a different Seattle Seahawks offense, something that we forgot about. And I think that played a big part in them becoming victorious this past Thursday night, because if they couldn't run the football, especially when Russell was having issues with his accuracy, they didn't stand a chance. Yeah, you're right. Um, we're gonna, I'm gonna weave, I, I'm gonna do an ad read at some point in this show anyway, and I'm gonna weave it in because it makes too much sense right now. You know what's, uh, you know what's, you know what's smart? Um, using a, uh, using a job site that, uh, you know, you know what's not smart? Using a job site that sends you tons of wrong resumes to sort through. That's not smart. You know what else is not smart? Punting on fourth and two at midfield when you have Aaron Rodgers and you're trailing by three points. You have one timeout and you're playing against a team that has been dominating you in the rushing game. That's not smart. Which brings me to Mike McCarthy who may need the services of ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter is smart. <laughs> you go to ZipRecruiter.com right now slash, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash pick and you can hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Let's say you're the Packers and you need to bring someone in. ZipRecruiter will send you candidates. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. Uh, according to hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. So right now, you, Green Bay Packers, shareholders Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash pick six and you can try it for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. Excuse me. ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, that was a long advertorial way, BMAC, of me preparing to ask you, what the hell was Mike McCarthy doing? He punted on fourth and two with one timeout. And, and Aaron Rodgers at midfield, knowing if the Seahawks got two first downs, it's ball game. Why would you do that? I, you know what? At that time, it was roughly over three minutes to go in that ball game, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So I guess he felt like, you know, knowing the Seattle Seahawks would become a bit generic as far as just running sure. the football, they would potentially get a stop. I, I, I agree. I, I think you try your hand with one of the best quarterbacks in the game and you have to you you can't assume you will get another opportunity, right. in my opinion. So I, I, I there have been some questionable calls with McCarthy this season and going back a year ago with some of the things he's done as far as game manager, you know, managing the ball games. And this is something that could prevent them from getting to the playoffs when you look at this loss this past Thursday night. It, it really could. And so now the Packers fall to four, five, and one. Um, you know, I, I picked them to win the division before the season. I bet on them to win the division at like plus 375. As RJ White and I were saying, you can tear up that ticket. And I mean, here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers, 21 of 30 for 332, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 128.8 passer rating. He had multiple plays, uh, notably the, the incomplete pass down the field, uh, to Devontae Adams, but also the complete pass to Devontae Adams where he, he, it was like an arm punt that he threw 55 yards into a, oh my goodness, that was impressive, right? It's insane. Like, can you, you can't defend that, right? I mean, there's nothing you can do about that as a defender. I mean, I get that, uh, you know, Shaquille Griffin was, um, was sort of like, had sort of gotten behind, you know, Adams had sort of beaten him a little bit, but he was there and, and Rodgers just put it in the guy's bread basket without him breaking stride. And then the, the freaking touchdown pass to, um, I don't, <laughs> of Tanyan, some type 15th string tight end we've never heard of, 54 yards as he's running right on an absolute rope. I mean, that's, that's a hundred and, you know, chunk and a hundred and a chunk of yardage right there that Aaron Rodgers got on two plays and it just feels like, 
I, I look, I, I think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. I think he's failed to evolve in terms of what he does with his offense and has asked too many guys to win one on one and and you don't need to do that in twenty eighteen. Uh it just feels like to me that they need sort of like Baltimore, they sort of need a reboot uh at, at the coaching position. Do you agree? I, I agree. I think it's I think it's time. Uh, they have really been a disappointment when you have one of the extraordinary talents at the quarterback position like Aaron Rodgers. As far as personnel decisions, as far as like we're just we're we're, we're talking about you know game uh, decisions, in-game decisions, they have really dropped the ball. And if they do not make the playoffs, based on Aaron Rodgers being healthy, uh, coming into the season healthy, mm-hmm. granted he dealt with some injuries with the knee, but for the most part he's back healthy. If they don't make the playoffs this year, it's a big disappointment. And you better believe I think he will be on the hot seat. I I, you know, I think you're right. Um, I'm going to be on the hot seat. My dog is barking downstairs. I hope nobody can hear that. <laughs> if he wakes up my wife, I'm a dead man walking. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's 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 crazy, man. I just think that this is too much talent on this on this offense for the Green Bay Packers for them not to be winning more games. They're not beating anybody, you know, worth their salt in terms of uh, quarterbacks. They're like, you know, they beat they beat up on Brock Osweiler. Uh, but, you know, then they go to Seattle and they they lay that egg. I mean, there's just so many opportunities to clamp down the Seahawks and to come away with a win. It's entirely, you know, just a very disappointing loss. Um, so we move on. I mean, Packers 4-5-1, five, and one, Seahawks 5-5. Five, and five. It's going to be a long climb up uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, by the way, the Seahawks prevented the Rams from being able to clinch the division on Monday night. A Seahawks loss and a Rams win would have done that. Um, but you know what? We're going to talk about something more enjoyable. Specifically, No Shirt Fridays. <laughs> uh, and to find out what No Shirt Fridays are, we're going to hear from Heinz Ward and BMAC on the season, the 2008 Steelers, really quickly. What is No Shirt Friday? No, no Shirt Friday, since <laughs> practice was short on a Friday, practice mm-hmm. usually in about 1 o'clock, man. Everyone challenge each other about getting a good workout in, so guys are really going there and and be putting crazy amount on the on the bench press, walking around doing push-ups, sit-ups. And then some guys even took it to the extreme, putting baby oil, walking around, baby oiled up, <laughs> just trying to challenge each other. I mean, that's what made our bond so special that we pushed each other to get better. And so, I mean, no shirt Fridays, that locker room, that workout room was packed. <laughs> I have no question. It was a requirement. You couldn't walk in with no shirt on. You, you got to have a shirt off. You couldn't have a shirt on. Exactly. Okay, so I got to admit – um, I'm not really the type who would be a no shirt Fridays guy. Like, I mean, I'll go, you know, I'll go to the pool and take my shirt off, but I get the sense that like if someone who had, uh, we say like somebody had a dad bod and they strolled into, um, the weight room, they would be frowned upon, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, not necessarily. I think you really have to uh, applaud them if they have a dad bod for walking in with no shirt <laughs> and trying to improve that dad bod. True, true. Um, did, uh, who was the, who is the least athletic looking person to stroll in on the 08 Steelers? Least athletic. Ah, least that's a good question. Like they walk in and you guys, uh, you guys wouldn't say anything till they left. You'd be like, hmm. Oh, you know what? We, we had the type, we, the type of group we had where we really didn't, you know, pick, we didn't, we didn't have, we didn't make any jokes about guys hmm. that might not have the most athletic body. But you know, a guy like maybe, I don't want to call anybody out. Uh, but you know, some of the specialists, you know, uh, Greg Reed thought he had a, a outstanding <laughs> body. You know, he was a kicker. Greg Warren 
you know, he used to go hard in the weight room. Mitch Berger, big Mitch Berger had like a dad body. He was the punter at that time. Uh, but for the most part, you know what? We always encourage every individual to come in and, and get, get, and get a good workout, especially on those shirt Fridays. If you walk in, we'll, you know, you, your shirt had to be in the locker room. That's awesome. So I mean, like did, um, like would, uh, would Big Ben, you know, would Big Ben roll in shirt, like just shirtless and work out or is he skipping on Fridays? Well, you really wouldn't see Big Ben on Fridays. <laughs> was this, so like when, when, when you got this, like this, it feels like the camaraderie of, of that sort of team though. I mean, it, it is a special feeling. Like one, you know, you can't, it's like that's how you win a Super Bowl, right? Like you have to have the talent, but you also have to have this blend of guys who come together and can make a run. I mean, that, that's a game changer. Yeah. Oh, no question. No question. Uh, you know, the, the thing that I really love being able to talk with all the guys. And they all said the same thing about how close we were. And you can tell how close we were then because we're still close now. Mm. Being able to have a relationship and consistently communicate with each other, uh, even though we're not a part of a team anymore, tells you that it was actually real. It wasn't something that was convenient because we were forced to be around each other. We actually like and love playing with each other. And we consider, you know, each teammate as more than just teammates. Yeah, that's cool stuff. And it is, it's, isn't it crazy how like, uh, Bruce Arians and, uh, Bill Cower and, uh, and you all end up uh, at CBS, right? Like in, uh, no di- question. in different no levels. Question. Yeah. And the thing about that team, we have so many personalities that eventually ventured off to do something media related tells you that we mm. knew the game and also we respected the game and we knew the history of the game, being able to still talk about the game once you, uh, you know, your time was done on the football field. That's true. All right, check out 2008. Check out the season, the 2008 Steelers. It's awesome. Uh, BMAC gets stories from all different, like, I mean, I mean, Ike Taylor's on there, Hines Ward so far. Um, tons of great guys coming up. It is well worth your time. Subscribe on iTunes. Search for it uh, as part of the CBS Sports Digital Podcast. BMAC, we will uh, chat next week, my man. Yes, sir. All right, now joining me as they do every Friday to make some picks against the spread. Uh, and a little unbeknownst to Pete, he'll probably be joining us next Wednesday to make some picks against spread or Tuesday. Who knows? We've got to get ahead of those Thanksgiving picks. You excited about that, Pete? Thanksgiving time, you finally got into the rhythm of the season, and now you get disrupted again by a holiday created by people coming over on ships to eat turkey. Do, do you really think that I'm not working on Thanksgiving? Give me a night. Give me a break. You never work on Thanksgiving or Christmas, yeah, right. uh, New Year's Day. You take off. Um, uh, you take off every Sunday during the season. It's unbelievable. If hey, if we're doing it next Wednesday, we got to figure out a time because I got a bunch of other crap I got to do that day. Yeah, stuff a turkey. Yeah, just what I do is go go cook. I'm sure they're gonna have the Brinson family <laughs> Thanksgiving with the oysters and uh, what what do you what else do you have at the Brinson family Thanksgiving? You know it, oyster roast coming up. It's the best day of the year. I get to hang out with my family. I, I can't drink too many beers this year because I gotta I gotta do this podcast after the Thursday games. Of course, yes, we will have a live. Uh, Thursday or Friday morning podcast ready for you with some picks and fantasy advice for the weekend. But we will get you set for all the Thanksgiving games. We'll just figure out the details. Also, hello, RJ. Hello, Will. When are we podcast? We're just podcasting on Wednesday. That's all right. We'll yeah. probably bang it out all on Wednesday. Um, Yay. Yeah, that's right. That's how we'll roll. Okay, let's dive into hey. our picks. What's that? This is some great content. It is great content. Well, the look. The, the people like to know when the shows are coming. They want to make sure they're not getting stiffed on Thanksgiving because Prisco's stuffing a turkey. Um, not going to happen. Super content. I'm going to have oysters, I think, this year. <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, for Duncan, for Thanksgiving, for the I w- old. Uh, I you've w- had a tur- Please tell me you've had a tur- turducken before, have you? Of course, but I, I we do not do a turducken. Um, we actually. There's no way RJ's had a turducken. No, I have not. Me either. Uh, typical Brinson. <laughs> okay. Uh, super con. We all know about Brinson is that he's had turducken. I mean, that's the thing everybody knows about Brinson. Yeah, that's right. Uh, super contest recap for last week. Pete and I went three and two. Pete keeps climbing the leaderboard. Actually leapfrogged RJ who went one, three and one. Pete at 26 and a half points. RJ at 25. I'm at 23 and a half. Uh, nothing really to write home about for any of us. Nick Costos went four and one to insert himself in the potential conversation for money. We'll see. As far as the podcast picks go, Pete. His first negative week in a while, minus one, went five, seven, and one. I went plus two at seven, five, and one, and RJ went plus seven at eight, four, and one, nailing them all up top. Isn't that annoying, RJ? You went seven, eight, four, and one on the podcast and one, three, and one on the super contest. Yeah, I've been – Public no. RJ. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a skid, and so I try to outthink myself before I put my picks in, and it, it obviously screwed me, so – Trying to get back to the basics here this week. Well, RJ, uh, eleven and four in the last three weeks for me. Not hot, hot, hot. Not bad, Pete. You close out strong. You can win the mini contest to close out the season. All right. Uh, in case you don't know, here's how we do it. We go through every single game against the spread, and we assign. We each get one four point pick. Then you can assign a three, two, or one to the rest of the games on the schedule. And then based on how those games play out, you get that many points. We play against each other. Um, and hopefully you ride the hot hand. You heard it from Pete himself, 11, four, and one with his five best bets. I'm sure, uh, Pete, do you have your picks in? We're recording this on Thursday or are you putting them in on Friday? No, I haven't put them in yet. Okay. RJ and I both have our picks in, uh, as of this recording. So you had to make the two and a half on Seattle. Was it a good pick or a bad pick, Pete? What's that? Seattle. We both took Seattle. I don't like it. All right. Well, well people. I, I, I mean, I, I'm bucking trends there, but I, I, I know I just don't like it. I just, I think Rogers is going to go in there and light him up. He could. I really do. Well, it, it already happened, so we'll we'll find out. Uh, let's dive into our number one picks. If you could play just one, these are our best bets for the week. <laughs> Oh man, I knew which one Pete was going to. We discussed it on Sportsline, which is the 6 to 7 p.m. show on CBS Sports HQ every week. Go to cbssports.com slash live and you will get tons of great gambling advice every night from 6 to 7. Uh, shout out to, uh, Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas, who's been on the podcast. She said that Georgetown was going to cover, uh, against, uh, Illinois and not just cover, as nine point dogs, but went outright and a sprinkle on the plus two fifty money line. Bam, she hit it. That was basketball, of course. Uh, but we don't care. Money's money. My first pick of the week, I veered away from the same pick that Pete had and went with a different one that I'm a little scared of, but we all agree on it. Indianapolis minus two hosting Tennessee. Um I, I was listening to uh a podcast, uh Chad Melvin's podcast with uh Bob Scucci, who's an odds maker. Um, out in out in uh, Vegas with Boyd Gambling, and he pointed out that the public and the Sharps are all over Tennessee. They've been hammering them. That scared me a little, but not enough to get off of this. I just think, guys, that what what's happening here with this Colts and Titans game is the Colt the Titans are coming off a, their quote unquote Super Bowl for the year. They beat the Patriots. They won resoundingly. They're all amped up about it. There's going to be a natural letdown and. There's a history here with Andrew Luck and the Tennessee Titans where he has kind of owned them. 
And he, he's dominated them nine and zero in his career against them. Um, and if you go back and look at the trends and you know against the spread and all of that, Indianapolis has been very good. RJ, am I am I right? I'm right here, right? Yeah, this line moved off the look ahead line of Indy minus three, and it's because Tennessee had that super high profile win against the Patriots. So everybody's now taking Tennessee seriously, but it's not like Indy played bad. They they beat a desperate Jacksonville team, beat them up in the first half really, and let them back in the game in the second half. The offense didn't get anything going; kind of took the foot off the gas. Um, but I still think they're a good team. Lux had three plus touchdowns in, in each of his last six games. Tennessee's D is number th- is number three in points per drive, but they're just 18th in pass DVOA. So I think the opportunity is there for Luck to continue playing well and carve up that Tennessee D. Mariota looks healthy. It could be a case of last possession wins in a shootout, so I'd probably take the over if I'm betting the total. Um, but I think Indy's slightly better overall, and if it's less than three like it is, I'm going to lay it. I like the Colts. I mean, you, you mentioned all the trends. The Titans are 2-11 and 11 straight up and 3-10 and 10 against their spread in their last 13 against the Colts. I mean, everything points to the direction of the Colts, and I just love the way they're playing. I think their offensive line is playing well. Um, and they're going to protect Andrew Luck. He's going to be able to make plays. I know the Titans are number one in the league in scoring defense, but I, I think this is the week where uh, Luck exposes them a little bit. Uh, I don't think they're as good as that number, so I, I like the Colts. I agree with you completely, and I hope that they cover because I have them as one of my super contest picks, obviously, since they're my top pick. Uh, one of my other top picks and one of my super contest plays – is the same uh, number four pick that Pete Prisco has, the Minnesota Vikings, and Mike Zimmer off a bye, catching two and a half on Sunday night in Chicago. Yeah, for me, I just think you you look at who Chicago's defeated, and Minnesota hasn't exactly beat a who's who of power teams either, but I just think Chicago's not as good as their record. Um, They can't run. I don't think they'll be able to run the ball. That'll put that pass rush in play for Minnesota. Uh, You know, I I just – and I think it's going to put a lot in play on Trubisky. I, I think Minnesota's the better team. Uh, I know they're getting points, and if you're going to give me points in a better team, I'm taking it. I think you need to t- have the three here to take Minnesota. I, two and a half, I, I like Chicago. Um, DVOA loves Chicago. They're 22.6% better than an average team uh, per way to DVOA. Minnesota's right around average. Chicago ranks in the top 10 in pass and rush DVOA on both sides of the ball. Only team that does that. That is like that. So we think of them having a great defense, kind of a mediocre offense, but in terms of defense adjusted value, they're still a top 10, both in pass and run on offense. Um, they also rank ninth in points per drive on offense, eighth in net yards per attempt. Uh, Minnesota has a good, not great offense, and it's going up against the league's best defense. I, I think Cousins has slowed down a, maybe a little bit, you know, when he was throwing up, you know, perfect games against uh, the Rams early in the season. I don't think they're quite at that level at this point. Um, I think Chicago's D can expose Minnesota's weakness on the offensive line. I think that's really where this game comes down to is Khalil Mack getting a sack fumble and, and the Chicago line, a D line harassing the Minnesota O line. So I think Minnesota is considered better than Chicago. That's why we see this line, but I like the matchup here for Chicago. I think they've proven themselves at this point and I would take them in anything less than three. The, 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 the Chicago's a better team than Minnesota. At this point, yeah. No way. <laughs> Not in any way, shape or form. Except for the record. Uh, well, they haven't played anybody. And the stats. They haven't played anybody. Uh, and the de- defense adjusted stats, which means, which takes into account their opponent, down distance, all those things. That just neutralizes everything. They're, the way, they're way better team. But the besides that. Good. The defense is good. The offensive line was terrible last week run blocking. They were awful. And they're going to have problems against the Vikings this week. I, I just, 
for the life of me, you can tell me that they're the better team. I don't think they're the better team. Have the Vikings beaten anybody? I mean, and look, I've, I've taken the Vikings in the Super Contest. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about it because I took the Lions last week and RJ was on the Bears. The Eagles, they beat the Eagles at Philly. I mean, that's not a great win, but they did beat the Eagles. That's their. Who who the Bears beat? The only legitimate win they have is against Seattle at home, and that was early in the season when Seattle stunk. Vikings have the 49ers. I was going to say they have the Bills, but they actually lost to the Bills. The Eagles in Philly, the Cardinals, the Jets, and the Lions. Same as the same as the same as the Bears. Bears, Bears win in Buffalo, forty-one-nine. Vikings lose at <laughs> twenty-three-six or seven. Transitive property says the Bears are better. Thereby, the Bears are like sixty points better than the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you take you take the Bears since you're on a hot streak, RJ. I'm taking the Vikings. <laughs> oh God, I like it. It gets personal. Uh, it's going to get personal. When they're scoring on Marcus Peters on Sunday night, isn't it? Or Monday night, excuse me, isn't it, RJ? KC plus three and a half? Yeah, this is, I think you gotta go KC here. The line is weird because it was two and a half when it was still in Mexico City. It got bet up to two and a half. And then the line closes down They once they announce the move. And when it reopens, it's three and a half. And I know the Rams don't have a great home field advantage, but you're only giving them one for home field. So that looked a little weird to me, but I do think it makes sense. KC is the, an NFL best 67% against the spread on the road since 2013. That's obviously when Andy rejoined. So I love when they're getting points like this, especially if it's more than a field goal. KC has a big way to DVOA edge there. The number one team against the number two team, which seems like they're neck and neck, but the the ten point gap in between them, when you look at the actual percentage totals, is basically the difference between like a Steelers and a, and a Ravens, or a Saints and a Panthers, or the Chargers Denver Chargers Denver, and you see that line is seven. Um, I think it's a weird week for the Rams. They train in Colorado for high altitude, then they got to turn around and go home and play a play a home game, even though they were just home, and they have this travel mixed in. I think when you get players out of their routine, um, it could really have an effect on them. Both these defenses are solid versus the pass, but with uh, to leave out, Rams haven't been that great, um, and they're awful again. They're both awful against the run, so I think we're going to see a shootout, but one that Kansas City can take more of a. Um, advantage of with that Atelier injury still affecting the the past defense of the Rams. So I love getting the hook since Casey's the better team to me and the Rams don't have a great home field advantage plus that weird travel thing. So I think you gotta love the Chiefs here. I don't. I love the Rams. I think the Rams are the better team. Uh I think they're at home. Yeah the travel the travel helps Kansas City, I think. And and, and you know they were gonna go early the Rams to try they were gonna adjust the altitude in Colorado and then go and the and the Chiefs weren't. But I just think for me this comes down to one thing. Whichever defense shows up, I know both of them have been bad at their ta- at times, and the Rams have really been bad lately. But I think the Rams' defense will show up a little bit more in this game. Uh, I'm going to go with the – you know, look, they're great play callers, both of them. They're great quarterbacks right now, both of them. The better running back is probably in, in with the Rams. The better offensive line is with the Rams. So I'm going to go with the Rams. The one thing that I, – I mean, to me – the reason I would take the points, and I, and I got this as a super contest pick as well with KC plus three and a half. Just when you're looking at this over under at 63 and a half, and I think it'll probably come down a little bit more, maybe, um, you're just talking about a high variance. Like some st- I mean, a lot of stuff can happen, and I would just much rather have the points if it's going to end up being a close game, which I think it will be. And like if the Rams are up, you saw this with Rams Saints, right? If the Rams are up, um, 14, or, you know, what, or, or maybe it was Rams Packers, whatever it is. I mean, like, they can just give up points quickly. And I think KC can storm back and make it a close game at the end and get you through the back door. That's my thought process there. Agreed. 
Um, I don't think they're going to need to. I think KC is going to be the one that jumps out ahead. So I think the Rams might have a little bit of difficulty at the beginning of the game adjusting to this weird schedule. And by the time they look up, it's, what, 28-17 maybe, and they're playing catch-up in the second half. So I, I think it might be, come down to the Rams can tie the game late. They kick a field goal to win maybe, and they go go you know home with a win, but it's only three points and we're getting three and a half. So I do like the Chiefs in this game. Don't forget too that the Rams struggled, the Rams struggled early on against the Packers. It was Packers defense is playing well, but that was the first time they had, didn't have Cooper Cup post injury. And I think that they'll be dealing with that as well. Josh Reynolds is a nice player, not the same t- as Cooper Cup in terms of making that offense go. Segment two, agree to disagree. Um, this is a game, this is a situation where, uh, these are not our strongest picks, but we do have disagreements in case you didn't notice from the title. Agree to disagree. First up, Houston minus three at Washington. I hate this line. I hate it. I, it, it makes no sense that the Texans are favored. The Washington is six and three and leading the division. They are at home. They're playing great on defense. The problem, I think, in this game, Pete, is that they are dealing with so many injuries to the offensive line. They have been up and down a lot. I think the Texans coming out of a bye will be healthier. They will have Deshaun Watson ready to put up some points early. And if they can get a lead, Washington cannot come back, especially with J.J. Watt and that defensive line running roughshed through a bunch of backups. That's why I'm taking Houston minus three as a road chalk team. I like the Redskins. You know, you talk about the the banged up offensive line and the Redskins. The offensive line for this for the Texans stinks too. It's, it's got the, it's got a bunch of problems as well. Although it's played a little bit better lately. I, I'll give them that, but I, I think this is going to be a very low scoring game. Uh, and when it comes down to it, I think it'll be a field goal game. Uh, I lean to the Redskins uh, to win it with their defense. Anything on that one, RJ? Yeah, I, I, I was just a slight lean to the Texans when we, when we talked, when we did our picks on Wednesday night more I thought about it, I think you got to go Texans here. Washington's a fraudulent team. That was a phony win. Gave up 500 yards of offense to Tampa, only gave up three points. That was more Tampa shooting themselves in the foot, and I don't think Houston's going to do that. I think they, they've played much better. Um, passing game is ninth in net yards per attempt. So if they can keep Watson clean, I know the offensive line's an issue. They've given up 30 sacks in uh, nine games, I think, nine or ten games. Um, so that's obviously an issue, but if they can keep him clean at all, he's going to score some points because we know how dynamic that offense can be. Um, I don't see how Washington scores at all. The offensive line issues are a big problem. Houston was already number one versus the rush per DVOA, and now you're going to throw in these pass difficulties uh, with, with that offensive line. Washington has won four of their last five, but the passing game's over 180 yards just once in that stretch. So I don't know that they're going to throw the ball up and down the field, which is what you would need to do to keep up with Houston. So I do think Houston wins running away. And, and by the way, just I don't think that any NFL team whatever um, pack it in or look ahead but the Redskins to me are in a position at six and three in that division where if you can beat the Cowboys and beat the Eagles once you're in like you're in the playoffs you're not going to catch uh, the Rams and you're not going to catch the Saints for one of those top two seeds to get a bye that'd be great if you could it's not going to happen um, I think that they are going to pull like if Houston gets up 14 to three not only are they I mean I just think they're going to be like you know what not like we're packing it in here but we got to get to Thursday on this short week and go beat Dallas. And if we can beat Dallas, all of a sudden we're in a great spot. Yeah, it's a tough travel for them when they got to go at Dallas on Thursday. Um, and you're right. it's If anybody's dinged up at all, maybe just sit down for the rest of this game, get healthy so we have you for that big, big contest. So exactly. you might see them at a lot less than 100%. Yeah, I would, I would be surprised. Like if somebody, if somebody's coming into the game and they're, you know, they're questionable and it's, you know, 75-25, I think they set them just to keep give them that rest for Dallas. There's a lot of those guys. Their injury report is pretty stacked. Yep. Up a lot of, so. mm. I like. I should have put Houston in on my uh, – did you have Houston as your contest pick? 
I did. Good for you. Mm. Chargers. Why is, good, why is that good for him? I like the Redskins. <laughs> I'm down this week, Pete. You're I think flying high. You're finally too close to the sun. It's time for you to. You are. To... You are. You're due for an 0 for five, just like Costas was. Chargers minus seven against Denver. I got the Chargers as a three. I, I think it's just time to trust the Chargers, and they're, they're getting huge lines, but they're just they they're, they're, they might be the most complete team in football in terms of. And I get that the Bears are probably ranked higher in DVOA by offense and defense, and that's fine. But the Chargers are top. I think the Chargers jumped the Bears in DVOA overall this week. And when you look at what Los Angeles can do, and they only have Joey Bosa back, and they will get him back, they can beat you with the run. They can beat you with the pass. They have explosive guys down the field. They can grind you out in games. They slept walked against Oakland and still beat him by, by 14 points. And, and additionally, on defense, while you know they lost Denzel Perryman, they, they're not at full strength by any stretch of the imagination. But Melvin Ingram is playing really well. And they've been able to do some damage against guys. And I just think that Denver's offensively is just nothing special. They're banged up as well. Um, you know, they traded Demarius Thomas. And I think that, I think the Chargers can snuff this team out. The Chargers. I really wanted to like the Chargers in this game and, and love them, in fact. But it's seven points is a lot of points to be laying. So I, I kind of will stay away from this game, to be honest with you. And they've won six in a row, the Chargers. So, right. so you know, everybody's like, okay, now they're one of the best teams in the league. During that six-game win streak, they beat Oakland twice. Congratulations on that. He beat up on Oakland. They had three close wins. You know, they had that eight-point win against Seattle that came right down to the wire. Could have easily been going into overtime with that game. And then two close wins to some bad teams. You know, like the 49ers, they beat them by two. Um, I can't remember the other one. But, you know, a lot of close games there. They can be run on. They're 20th in yards per carry allowed. They're 15th in rush DVOA. And what does Denver do well? Denver, of course, runs the ball. That's what they, they look to do. They've had great success with Philip Lindsay. Coming out of the bye healthy, I think they're going to do well offensively. They might be underrated. DVOA has them at ninth despite their three, three and six record. So if DVOA considers them a top 10 team, I don't know that I'd go that far, but I'm also not treating them like they're three and six. I'm treating them like a, a decent team that can go in and keep this game close. Um, they lost their last two games despite outplaying the opponent statistically. I think that also plays into the fact that they're underrated. And I think this could be a kitchen sink game for Denver on extra rest where they're they've come up with some game plans that they know they need to win this game. It's a huge game for them, and they're going to throw everything they can at the Chargers hoping to get out of there with a win. So I, I think seven is way too much to be laying in this. I, I couldn't take the Chargers at all. I think it's either Denver to keep it within a touchdown or stay away from the game, and I like Denver. I'm not really sure why Denver is – I mean, L.A. is a three, but whatever. They're going to bloodbath them. Denver stinks. Uh, Detroit plus four, RJ. Enjoy Enjoy it. Yeah, this is the this is the lowest uh, that value wise that Detroit's going to be. We just saw them get hammered by Minnesota, hammered by Chicago. The difference is both those two teams have great defenses. They were both on, they were on the road for both of those games. Now they come at home. Carolina's defense isn't as strong as, as it looked early in the season. You know they just got blasted by the Steelers. Um, they're 24th in DVOA on defense. They're 26th in points per drive allowed. Detroit is a bad defense too. We're, so expect a lot of points, maybe some high variance. I think this one comes down to a field goal either way. And I think Detroit's a value play at home. Yeah, look, for me, I, I like Carolina. I, I know we can say all the value play and everything else, but this Detroit team is stinks. And I, I watched <laughs> them on tape today, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that was an awful performance. The pocket, the time that they allowed the quarterback to have was unbelievable last week, and I think it'll be even worse this week. I just don't think that they're very good on defense, and I think they're disjointed on offense. I'll, I know I'm – Carolina's playing back-to-back road games, which I hate, but I, I do think that they get the little added uh, 
uh, boost here and they go in there and win the I game. Can see, I can see that the Lions are bad on defense. The problem is that Carolina is <laughs> bad on defense too, and Detroit's the home team. So I think they're going to be able to find a way to keep it close. 85. Is that one of your, that one of your contest picks? It was. Okay. I didn't want to take it, but uh, so little behind the scenes thing, like, you know, I do, I make power ratings lines and figure out what, what the number should be if I was making the line. And whenever it's been a point and a half or more off, if I'd have just played that, I'd be like 36, 28 and one, you know, some good record. And I ignore it most of the time because I find ways to talk myself out of picks, just like this Detroit team. And I said, no, I think this line should be two points lower. I'm just going to take Detroit. My, my thought on this game is that everybody's on Carolina. It's so obvious. It's almost like it's either going to be Browns Falcons or, uh, or, or, or Bengals Saints from last week. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be a close game that Carolina covers at the end. The, 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 the Lions are either going to win outright by two touchdowns or Carolina is going to win by 40 points. Yeah. Carolina isn't the Saints. I know that. Well, that's true because Carolina is based in Charlotte and, um, the Saints are based in New Orleans. That is a good point too. I hadn't considered that. But also different football teams. So there is, there is that to worry about. By the way, uh, on the, uh, the Chiefs game, the Chiefs in LA game really quickly, 85, 85% of the tickets are on the Chiefs, which is pretty surprising. 63% of the tickets are on, uh, Minnesota. Oh God, did we just back trendy, trendy public dogs? <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird game because it just reopened what Tuesday, you know, because of that line. So yeah. I, I wouldn't put as much stock into that as a game that's been open since Sunday with, you know, knowing the situations. I think you could throw whatever trends out the window until at least Sunday with that game and, and see what it is on Sunday. Uh, Sometimes you just got to go pick the team you think is going to be the better team and cover and forget about the public and forget about what the trends are. Just go pick them. I love, we, we took the Chiefs. That's what we did. I love when you're riding high, Pete. It's so great. You're like, listen, I don't I'm worry. Just, I, don't. I, just, I, I don't, I'll probably go on five this week, but you just, you do your evaluation, you pick the games, you can't worry about what the public or anybody else is doing. Well, that's what RJ did with this Giants Tampa Bay game. He wanted to put this in a super contest so badly and I wouldn't let him. He wants the Giants minus one and a half. You got him as a three. Why? Yeah, if you go by way to DVOA, which you know I brought up a couple times so far, they're much better than that at Tampa. They're they're just eleven point six percent worse than an average team. Tampa's way down at twenty five percent worse than an average team. Eli has just six interceptions this year. We think that he's been playing terribly, and he has. You know, I'm not going to say he <laughs> Wait, defend Eli Manning, but but not turning the ball over. He's only thrown six interceptions. I think he can have success against a Tampa Bay defense that can't get turnovers. They have one interception all year. Tampa's D is thirtieth in pass DVOA, thirtieth in net yards per attempt. The Giants' offense, I think, is going to move the ball with Odell and Ingram and Shepard and Saquon. Um, so I think they're going to throw points on the board. Um, Tampa's offense could be done in by turnovers. They have a 25 and all, worst in the league. So you're getting worst in the league turnovers on defense, worst in the league turnovers on offense. This is a team that knows how to shoot itself in the foot. As we see when they you know, roll, roll up 501 yards of offense and only score three points. Um, and then I look at the motivation factor of this game. The Giants staff isn't going anywhere. This is They're building for the future. The players know that this staff is in place. They're trying to secure a place on the team for next year this tampa staff is one foot out the door the players there know they don't have to listen to these guys any, anymore you can you know cutter's not going to be sticking around after this year he's wrenching back play calling duties you know and deciding to call the game himself for whatever reason because the offense had been already doing well so he said he had his reasons like to know what they are um so this tampa team seems like it's falling apart this giants team seems like it could be a little bit stronger in the second half than we think because of that motivation factor of trying to finish the season strong going into the offseason with the staff I see. I don't. I don't. First of all, the Giants are coming back from San Francisco, 
when they played it. And I don't care what you say. It was an emotional Monday night win. Eli was like trying to sort of contain his excitement on the sidelines as much as Eli can. Like he was like, he's like, guys, guys, we had it like, you know, like, yeah, like, I kind of needed that. I really needed that game winning drive against a craptastic 49ers team on Monday night football to shake this monkey off my back. People have been sweating it. I got the win. There's no more talk about Kyle Aletta. Put him back in the slammer. Don't worry about it. He was beating the new, uh, the new Joe Montana in San Francisco. That's right. Nick Mullins. Yeah. Um, excuse me, but I, I, look, I don't, I don't really like either. I don't like either team in this spot. I think it's a bad game to pick because the Giants can't stop anybody, but they're going to be a little bit hungover from that win. They're traveling all the way back across the country. Tampa's desperate. They just rolled up 500 yards against the Redskins and the Redskins have a better defense than the Giants. I think it ends up being a shootout and it just comes down to one fluke play here or there. And I'll take Tampa just for variance sake because they lost last week and the Giants won. (laughs) If it comes down to one flute play, you're going to take the team that's worst in turnover on both sides of the ball. I'm going to take the team that just lost instead of the team that just won on prime time. <laughs> yep, it's done in by flute plays all the time. I think if you're going to base your theory on one flute play, you want to be going against Tampa, not with them. But it's a fluke play, so how? I mean, Pete, you're that's... Pete, you're a fluke play. What do you think about this game? Um, look, I, I'm with <laughs> RJ. I like the Giants. I, I think they're they're playing better football. The Bucks are yeah. Look, they showed some life the Giants last week on the road. I know San Francisco stinks, but the Bucks are packing it in. They know the coach is going. Uh, their linebackers are all banged up in this game. I think Barkley's going to run wild. Uh, I, I'm with RJ. I like the Giants. Uh, it's I, a J, JPP. I put them in the contest. That's you, how much. Wow. I okay. All right. I wanted to. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I really wanted to. Don't blame me when you when they win big, RJ. Since since you've been on a hot streak lately, Princeton. So I just talked to Matt. I was like, you don't want to you don't want to deal with the you Giants. You let him put it in. He wanted to put it in. Why'd you talk him out of it? I just said you don't want to deal with Giants Buccaneers. Like that's just a stupid game. It's a stupid game. RJ, don't, don't listen to Princeton. Put your, you should have put it in. Oh well, I said I said I want to know what week three, week four after the Giants screwed me in one game. I was like I'm not playing them again this year, and that stopped me from putting them in last week. And of course, I would have had a point there. So so one more time, I'll stay stay away from one more time. And if they do come through, then I'll be like, <laughs> okay, this team's really trying to build something for the second half. And there are situations where we can. So to me, I'm off of Buffalo because I won't put them in anymore. Right, Buffalo's yeah. Um JPP revenge game against the Giants. Speaking of revenge games, the Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we actually have this as an agree to disagree, but I don't I don't think that's the case. I think I have Jacksonville. Um you have me down for Pittsburgh. That probably was an editing fault on my part. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't make, we say this every week. I don't make mistakes. I know you don't. Um, I do. And people who listen to this podcast know that I make a lot of mistakes. So they're going to believe you and not me. Uh, at, at any rate, RJ, tell us why you have Jacksonville plus five and a half against Pittsburgh as a three point play here. Yeah. If this, if this line wasn't as messed up as it was, I would like Pittsburgh because they're looking for revenge after, you know, last year losing in the playoffs and losing, getting their butts beat by Jacksonville, um, in that game. Um, and they're playing well with the five straight wins. So Pittsburgh's won five straight. Jacksonville's lost five straight. You're going to have value in the line. It's going to get pumped up more than the true value of these teams. I think Jacksonville did look improved coming out of the bye. The offense finally got a little something going. The D can still be solid, even though they got tore up by, by a hot indie team. Um, Jacksonville's D is fifth in net yards per pass attempt allowed. They have the fewest first downs allowed in the league. So they have some pluses. It's not like they're completely Swiss cheese defense at this point. The look ahead line was Pittsburgh minus three. I think we're getting value, um, in that because the line has ballooned up to five and a half, even though Jacksonville did look better in that loss than they did before the bye. I like the Jaguars in this game because look, here's why 
they've owned the Steelers at times in their history. They, they have a winning record against the Steelers. When they've been bad teams at times, they've beaten good Steelers teams at their place over the years. And you're getting, like like you mentioned, RJ, five and a half. Look, here's what happened to the Jaguars' defense last week. Bust, 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 bust. They had busted coverages. Guys were trying to be heroes. Jalen Ramsey gave up uh, the, the big play to Eric Ebron down the field at the beginning of the game because he busted. Uh, Barry Church busted. They had so many busts. I think they'll get back to playing better fundamentally, and I think they'll keep this game within the number. They're not winning it, but they'll keep it within a field goal. Bouye looks like he's coming back. He's been practicing this week. That's a huge yeah. get back for them to um, have two quality corners on each side. So people- yeah, but he's they've all RJ. It hasn't been talent. It's been communication and busts. It's been disastrous back well, there. A guy with some experience in Bouye is going to help with that other than having like the Quentin Meekses and Trey Herndons of the world out there. I think you're going to have a lot – when you have a smarter player out there that knows what he's doing, he's going to have less of a chance to, to have those busts. And I, I wouldn't say yes, but the busts weren't on that side. The busts were the other guys. But Either, I agree with you. Getting him, back, getting him back is big this week. Yeah, is the defense better with Bouye or without Yes, him? absolutely. There you go. The world is going to be on Pittsburgh here and expects him to go down and trounce – um, um, the Jaguars. And I think if you look at the percentages, 67% of the bets, but only 52% of the money are on the Steelers. That's a, if you know, if you, if you want to follow such trends, Pete, that's at least a little bit of a red flag. On Jacksonville. For, or, for yeah, taking the Steelers. Yeah. 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 I might put, I'm, I haven't decided yet, but Jacksonville might be one of my contests. Better. Were they in your contest, RJ? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, your picks are in. I just got an email. Nice. Um, the, uh, the, I wouldn't put the Steelers in a teaser. Like just the one thing you don't do, don't, don't tease this thing down. To no. I think the Steelers are definitely going to win this game because the Jaguars have to be going into this game with confidence. They know that they can beat the Steelers. They beat them up, you know, last year. So, so don't take this Jaguars team lightly at home. They, they could pull an upset here. Do, do not tease the Steelers. The teams you tease are the Cardinals. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, the, uh, the Chargers, the Saints and, um, there's gonna be somebody else you tease. My 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 tips column that comes out on Thursday. I have a teaser of the week, and I put I tease two teams together. My teaser was the Saints get them down under three. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna beat Eagles. I think they might cover that number anyway. But mm-hmm. but uh, I I did take the Eagles coming for a backdoor. But Saints are gonna win that game. Um, and then the Chiefs tease them up to nine and a half. They're not gonna get blown out. They're I like too that. good of a team. You could also do a uh, a three team teaser. And do the Chiefs up to yeah, 13. If I tease, if I tease, I tease the, the, the Eagles and take the, the – what would it be? 17. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't have any any uh, evidence that New Orleans can score a ton of points. In <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> but the Eagles can score too. Sometimes. Like the over in that game. I told people on this podcast, Pete likes it too. Take the – RJ likes it too. You put it on Sportsline. You could get all of RJ's picks on Sportsline. If you go to Sportsline.com, use promo code WHITE for $1 off. Excellent gambling advice on Sportsline plus picks $1, for – $1 for your first month, not $1 off. I always oh. make that mistake on Twitter. I'm always like, don't type this in wrong because yeah. somebody can misconstrue it. You get $1 on your first month of content. Yeah. Um, so it's a much better deal than Prince is making it out to be. Right, and then it will charge you regular price, which is like one hundred seventy nine ninety nine a month for uh, for the next month. But it's worth it. It's worth it. All you need to do is hit RJ's picks this week. It's nine 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 seven nine nine a month. Nine 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 a month. I don't know. It's cheap. It's dirt cheap for what you get on there. Okay, moving along. Get on there and log on and get the damn picks. <laughs> it's Pete. Pete, I love your advertising. Watch this. 
<laughs> get the damn picks. Isn't that the sports science slogan? Get the damn picks. <laughs> I, tell, I tell people what to do. They listen. <laughs> All right, Pete. Can you give us the name of segment three? These are the. Man, there's so many good isolation sounds from Prisco in this. All right, we all are on consensus of these teams. You theoretically could throw, uh, you could throw in Jacksonville there too if you want to do the loser parlay. There's a f- total of five games here. First up, Baltimore minus six and a half. Pete, uh, we all have this as a one point play because we don't know who's going to play quarterback worth noting on Thursday that Lamar Jackson listed as questionable with an illness. Joe Flacco listed as questionable with a hip. And I think it might be RG three time and I don't care. Well, it's more of a play against the Bengals defense, even though they made the change from Austin to Marvin's going to call plays. And he's familiar with this Ravens team a lot, but I just look, it's more of a talent thing over there. They're having problems on the back end. Uh, their linebackers haven't been very good, although they're getting guys back. So I just, my, I don't love this game, which is why I put a one on it, but if I had to pick it, I'd pick the Ravens. They're getting perfect back. I think, uh, Vigil and Brown yeah. are still hurt and they're not, they're, you know, so that they, they get one guy back to help paper over the, uh, the sinking ship there at the linebacker. Uh, Harbaugh's eight and two against the spread after the bye. Uh, this is a must win for slumping Baltimore, so you gotta figure he's gonna come out and give him, you know, everything he has out of the playbook. Since he's, he's allowed 480 yards or more in five of their last six, their last in points per drive in the league, Baltimore's Z's number one in net yards per attempt, number one in points per drive allowed, number five in DVOA. DVOA actually likes the Baltimore offense, has him ninth in pass and twelfth overall, despite the mediocre stats. So it feels like Baltimore can score whatever they want to on, on Cincy with this bad, bad defense the way they're playing, and Cincy will have trouble scoring on Baltimore in Baltimore. So it, six and a half seems a lot. I think when the true line, we got six and a half for the contest, but I imagine the true line is going to be less than that. So I wouldn't be in a rush to go out and lay six and a half, but uh, no. whatever the number does end up uh, on Sunday, if it's less than seven, I think you lay it. I think the six and a half was probably to protect against the idea that Joe Flacco actually plays. Not that Joe Flacco should help out your offense at all. No. I mean, I think- if, let's say Joe Flacco is completely healthy. There is no injury. What's the line when he comes to this game with the way Baltimore's playing? Is it seven? Like it can't be much more than six and a half. No, probably. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm saying like, I think that it would be five and a half or four and a half, but they're doing six and a half as a way to protect you. Like, do you really want to back Cincy plus six and a half right now? I, I thought about it. Because yeah. I know that there's going to be value in the actual line with that. There will, there will be, there will be three points of value in the actual line, I think. I think it will be Baltimore minus three and a half when it opens up and either RG3 or Lamar Jackson will be starting for them, but they don't want to announce it. They want to go with Lamar Jackson, but he's sick. And so they got to go with RG3 right now, but they're holding tight. They're trying to see if they can get Lamar Jackson healthy. Joe Flacco's not ready to go. I will tell you this. Andy Dalton, since Tyler Eifert went down with that gruesome injury against the Falcons back in week four. Andy Dalton in five games is completing 60.6% of, 60.7% of his passes. Terrible. 211.6 yards per game. Terrible. Seven touchdowns, four interceptions, and 85.4 passer rating. Andy Dalton has been awful since he lost Tyler Eifert and he just lost AJ Green for multiple weeks. I don't see how the Bengals score here because you can load the box, stuff Joe Mixon, and just try and this is one of those games where we're going to look back on the season and the Ravens are going to have it like four shutouts and we're not going to really know why. Uh, they've already got, well, they should have two of them, but they'd let Buffalo score with the field goal late. Um, they shut out Tennessee. I think you could see something like 24 nothing here, uh, against the Bengals. Another loser. 
You mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles, RJ. Pete's got them as a three, catching eight or eight. and It's eight and a half in the contest, actually. Eight and a half against New Orleans on the road. The Saints have covered seven games in a row, Pete, and I think I picked against them in five. Yeah, and I picked against them last week. I was a moron who took the Bengals. Um, but, look, I just think this is a ton of points for a, a team that will score points against that Saints defense. And here's the other thing. No Armstead. And I know they have the injuries on the back end of the Eagles secondary, but that brings the pass rush much more into play. And everybody says, well, as long as Drew Brees is clean inside, he's fine. Well, if you got to slide protection to that other side now to help, that's going to free bring some one-on-one opportunities inside for Fletcher Cox. I think the game will be a lot closer. I think the Saints win. Don't get me wrong, but I think the game's closer than the eight points. The Eagles offensive line's been struggling a lot too. We project, you know, the New Orleans line could struggle without Terran Armstead. We know the Philadelphia line's going to struggle because they just have not looked good. One sack rate is at 7.9%. He was 6% last year. 5, 5.2%, I think, is a rookie. Um, so I think New Orleans can score whatever they want, and I don't know that Philly can keep up. Um, but I, they haven't lost more than seven this year, even though we think this is a down year for Philly. Um, the record isn't where it needs to be for defending champs, but they haven't lost by more than seven. So I do think Wentz might be able to backdoor cover. They're down 14. They get the touchdown to get it to seven, and you get a sneaky little cover here. But I put it as a one because I could see you know New Orleans also rolling too. It's, it wouldn't shock me. It, it's so annoying to to have this game and to want to like. I wish I'd been. I wish I'd been. Uh, backing New Orleans, and you could easily jump off the ship now and feel great about it because you're like, hey, you know what? I got my money out of them. I'm just gonna. This is too, this line's too high. Uh, they are a terrifying team. I still have this as a two. I just don't. I think it's not eight or eight and a half, which is what it is now. Or is it eight on the contest? Did you make a mistake, RJ? I did not. It's eight in the contest. Oh, it is. All right. So I made a mistake. Good for me. It's eight and a half live right now. You did get up to nine. It's probably going to come back down a little bit. I would guess. I don't think it would get under seven. Um, but I would bet if you want Philly, you should probably take him now. Um, another loser. I think this is a winner. It's just an absurd line. Arizona minus five and a half against Oakland. This is a pure play against the Oakland Raiders. And I don't care how public the Arizona Cardinals might be this week. And, 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 you know, mind you, they are public. 67% of the tickets on Arizona. Not a ton of action on that game. Surprisingly, uh, 60% of the money on Arizona. Here's the problem. If you look at these two teams, you have a case of bad offenses. Both offenses are terrible. And I throw the name value out of the window. Derek Carr stinks. So family blocked me on Twitter. I don't care. He stinks. Uh, the Cardinals stink on offense, but they're getting better behind Pete's boy, Byron Leftwich. And then if you look at defense, the Cardinals are a top 10 defense by uh, DVOA, RJ. And that, to me, is why I would back the Arizona Cardinals in that spot. Yeah, I, I put the Arizona down too, but I only have it as a one because we're really going to lay five and a half with Arizona with how bad they've looked this year. They scored their offenses look better. I know we're going to make the point left, which has that offense cooking a little bit. David Johnson, um, you know, looks a lot better rolling up points for his fantasy owners. I believe we said trade for him after, after they made that change. We've got to go trade for David Johnson because he's going to have a better season, but they still only scored, I think, 18 points and 14 points in their last two, two weeks. So it's not like it's translating to a lot of points on the board. So. Are they going to come in and roll 30 on, on the Raiders, a Raiders defense that just doesn't care? Maybe, you know, maybe this is the game where everything clicks. I don't know that you can lock it in though and put it in as a, like a contest pick or anything like that, even against how terrible that defense is. Arizona Z is sixth in DVOA. It's let, they've given up less than 220 pass yards in six of the last seven. So Oakland's issues are going to continue on offense, I believe, um, unless their running game like gets going and just breaks a few long runs. I think you will see something like, 
you know, 24, nine or some, some score like that. And Arizona covers as crazy as it is to lay this many points with an Arizona team. That's looked bad. I think you got to do it. I agree. I, I'm not playing Oakland in anything They They quit. They packed up their bags. They're heading to Cabo. They're done. They're finished. And uh, I mean, they, they look dreadful. They look like they don't care. Um, and, and I look, Arizona at least showed some life last week at Kansas city. They played, you know, they got after the quarterback. I think they'll get after Carr here. I would, I might put this in the contest. I don't know, but I think Arizona's the pick here. If it were anything under three, I would absolutely put it in the contest. Anything under four, I would probably consider it. Five and a half is just absurd, but I, I agree. I just, I mean, I just don't see a way that Oakland keeps anything close and they, they can't stop anything on defense and, and, and David Johnson's playing really well. Last pick, the Atlanta Falcons minus three and a half against the Cowboys. RJ, tell me why you're back in my Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, we all had this as three, so we all love this pick. Atlanta lost a point in the look ahead line because they're coming out that ugly loss to Cleveland outside that, that you can kind of see coming. You know, Cleveland would compete in that game and Atlanta would have one of those flat games that, that they tend to do outside. Um, Dallas coming off a huge primetime win uh, that everybody saw beat the defending champs. They look like they, they might compete, you know, in the division now. They've got that game, uh, against Washington on Thanksgiving. We'll kind of look ahead to this Atlanta game doesn't mean as much to them as that Washington game does if they're looking for the division. So they can get caught looking ahead a little bit. The Dallas C is fourth in pass DVOA, but they really haven't played any great passing offenses. So I know we adjust for deep, for defense there, but, um, they really don't play that many teams and let, that many good teams. And Atlanta D is going to, I think their, uh, their offense is fifth in DVOA, um, as far as the pass goes. And the, two best that Atlanta had played before this was like Seattle at 10th and another run first team at 11th, um, like maybe a Denver or something like that. Um, so I don't know that they, a pass happy team like Atlanta, they really know how to scheme for that. Atlanta's D is last in DVOA. They just gave up 221 yards on the ground. This isn't a great matchup for them either, but Dallas struggled on the road this year before that big rivalry win for, for the Eagles. And we can see getting up for that game. I don't know how they get up for this game as much with Washington on, on the road, on the way next. So give me Atlanta, something like 28 to, to 17 or something like that. And Atlanta has a pretty easy cover here. It's a classic sandwich game in the division, right? You, you play a division game at Philly, you go on the road, back-to-back road games, and play a non-division game, and then you got the division game on Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a, a, a turkey sandwich if I've ever seen one right there. So if, if I'm, I'm looking at this game, I'm taking the Falcons. In fact, I'm putting them in the contest. I think they win by 10. I got them in the contest already. Did you, you had me, this, oh no, oh no. We all have them in the contest? I didn't. Oh, you did put them in the contest. I thought you did. Okay. I definitely had them in the contest, I think. Didn't I have them in the contest? Yeah, I definitely had him in the contest. Um, I'm looking to confirm that I did, but I am very con- – yes, I had them in the contest. Minus three and a half. I agree with you, Pete. The Cowboys understand – look, the Cowboys, Eagles, and Redskins all understand this – This that's going through the division. It's not going through, you know, whatever else it is. So they got to win those division games. They're looking ahead to that Thanksgiving game. Atlanta's much better at home. They cover and win this game big. All right. That brings us through all the games. That's a hefty slate. The only problem is if the Cowboys lose this game, aren't they kind of done? (laughs) I think it's still – not in that division. Yeah. Washington six yeah. and three, and they're projected to lose that game. So yeah. I mean, the division winner in this one might be what eight and eight. Yeah, you're right. They're not done, but yeah. it's kind of kind of done. But we'll see. Top five picks of the week. Do we know what our top five picks of the week record is, RJ? I do not. Okay. Uh, I don't think you I just. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You just made a mistake. So by the way, don't leave a review on iTunes telling us that the Vikings don't cover. Especially when the Vikings go out and cover the next week after we all picked them again. Indianapolis minus two against Tennessee. Atlanta minus three and a half against Dallas. Both are nine point games. Arizona minus five and a half against Oakland. 
That's a six-point game. Philly plus eight against New Orleans. That's a six-point game. And Minnesota plus two and a half at Chicago. That's a five-point game. Mm. It's awful. That last one's awful. That's fine. You don't have to like that. I would I would parlay those top four teams. Indy, Atlanta, Arizona, and Philly. Parlay that, and that is a cash cow. You listeners, tweet us, tweet us your screenshots if you parlay that at Prisco CBS, at RJ White One, at Will Brinson, and, uh, and we will, uh, we will, um, enjoy your, your free money that you got from us. Thank you for listening as always. Thanks guys for hanging out. Um, check out CBS Sports HQ every night to watch Pete Prisco. They never let him do anything other than CBS Sports HQ. That's his lot in life. And RJ White grinded away at Sports it is Line. kind of. I know. It's a tragic. It's truly tragic, Pete. No, it's fun. It is fun. All right. Good talking to you guys.